our lesson is still in the book of James, and we still is on faith at work against worldliness and strife. And at this particular time, I think we're going to pick up at the seventh verse of chapter four. And we're going to read those passages of scriptures down through the tenth verse. As James chapter four, verses seven through ten. Amen. You have those scriptures to praise the Lord. Let's begin reading at the seventh verse. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your heart, you double mind. Be afflicted and moan, weep, let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Now, this passage of scripture speaks of being subject unto God. It speaks of standing firm against the devil and he will leave you for a season. He don't leave you forever. But he's going to leave you for a season and then when he returns, he's going to return to see are you as strong as you was when you resist him the first time. Y'all hear me? He's going to wait around to see is you bondable when he returned than what you was before he left. Remember what the scripture said that when the spirit, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man and the house is swept and garnished. When the season is right, he comes back. And if he see that the condition of that house or that person has not been filled. Filled with what? With the presence of God. If it has not been filled with the presence of God, he goes back and he get him seven more demons. Worse than he is. And he returned to you, and the Bible said your condition will be seven times worse than you were when you was clean. So, he only leaves you for a season, and he will be back. Come on, somebody. And he hoping when he returned that he catches you off guard. Amen. Come on now. So, you have to stand firm against him. 
Because when he leaves you for a season, he's going to come back. And in the process, you got to draw now. What do you think drawing now to God means? Come closer to God. As close as you possibly can. Come close to God. And guess what? God will come close to you. You don't make a move. God ain't making now either. Y'all hear that one? Because the first ammunition was for you to get close to God. So if you don't draw closer to God, what reason would God have to draw closer to you? Because you ain't gave God no reason. Am I right? So, come closer to God is to recognize and realize that you need God. Come on now. If you standing far off from God, not looking for God, you actually, your action is telling God, I really don't need you. I can do this on my own. Huh? I was doing okay. Come on, somebody. You've been hooked, winked, and fooled. You got blinders on. Because you wasn't doing okay. Amen. So you got to recognize and realize you need God. And understand that you have been disloyal and you was wavering. An individual which is to have a divided interest. Wow. You know how divided interest is. One minute, you know, we all with God. Next minute, we all in ourselves. Come on, somebody. One minute that we feel like worshiping God. Next minute, we just feel like just letting it all hang out. So guess what that's that? You got a double mind. Amen. And, 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 and then when we get down to it, if we hadn't already, it said that a double-minded man was what? Unstable in all of his ways. Amen. So we have, we have come to the understanding that we have been disloyal to God by having a double standard. He said, clean up one's life must be by repentance of the outward deeds and the changing of the inner thoughts. We cannot clean up the outside and leave the inside messed up. Then he said, humble yourself. Feeling very insignificant in the presence of God. It's bad when you come into the presence of God and still got an attitude that you missed the big stuff. Huh? That you got it going on. Whatever you accomplish, you accomplished it yourself. Come on now. Sometimes it seems like that's the attitude that the people in the, in the church take on. That whatever they did, they did it on their own. Everything they accomplished, they accomplished it by themselves. Know that God was in your plan all the time. 
God orchestrated whatever you went through and gained, and, uh, and, and God orchestrated it on your behalf, whether you recognized it, him or not. Amen. Unless you hooked and crooked and got it, then you were working for your other daddy. Come on now. So you got to feel very insignificant in the presence of the Lord and in his timing, in God's timing, he will lift you up. In God's timing, he will make room for you. You and I cannot rush God to do anything. <coughs> Amen. It's got to be on God's timing. And you know what? If it's God's timing, it's going to work out. If it's your timing, it's subject to fail. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You subject to get anxiety. Huh? You subject to have to stop popping pills because now you so nervous and frustrated, you don't know what's going on. It's because you got ahead of the game. Get back behind the eight ball. Come on, somebody. This is God's timing. Not yours. And whether we believe it or not, we are in a period of time that we are in God's timing right now. And we got to find out what we need to be doing in God's timing right now. Come on now. We cannot continue to do what we've been doing. We got to find out what the will of the Lord is for this hour. God, look, God's will don't never stop. It keeps moving. God's will don't never stop. It keeps elevating. We the one that stop doing the process and get so far behind that we don't know which way God went. First Peter 5 and 6 says, Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cared and he is very affectional toward you. God is affectionate toward his people, but it's got to be by God's timing. Roar don't make no difference how many times we stomp the floor and say, hurry up, God, hurry up. God ain't got in a rush for nothing. If anything, you made him slow down. Come on, somebody. You know why I said that? Because you showed him your lack of patience. You showed him your lack of waiting on him. You showed him that you didn't think that he would show up in time. So if you don't hear him, you're going to miss it. But you forgot that God can stop time. God can stop time before he be late for anything. Come on, somebody. Wait a minute. It's a that can bag you up an hour or move you forward an hour. What do you think? God can stop you a whole day. Come on, somebody. Whatever man can do, God can do much, much more. Amen. So... 
you got to realize that you need God. Come on now. And when we look at the scripture, it says submit. Somebody tell me what they think submit is. Surrender. Uh-huh. Surrender to who? Mm-hmm. What if I tell you it means to place in orderly fashion to something or to somebody? If you're going to submit to God, guess what? You got to get in order. Come on now. Uh, if you look at submit, really, if you look at it just a, a, in just a general statement, when you lose in a battle, you always submit to your enemy. Why? To keep him from killing you. Because you lose in the battle. But here, submit means to put in a orderly fashion. It also means it's to show one's relation to the superior. So you have to show a relationship with God in order to submit with God. Come on, somebody. It accepts or yields to a superior force or to the authority or will of another. So guess what? We have to yield to the superior force of God's authority and to be in his will. It's to cease resistance. Oh, see, we've been fighting against God too long. You got to cease from your resistance from God. Come on now. God pulling at you and you pulling back. Huh? God wants you to do one thing, you want to do another. Hello, somebody. <coughs> God is trying to lead us in the path of righteousness. We want to make our own trail. We want to take a shortcut. Huh? Come on, somebody. It's to cease resistance of the man. Oh, cease resistance of the man. God has a demand on our life and we are constantly resisting it. Wow. Telling God to give somebody else. Come on now. No, God, that ain't for me. How you know? If God said it's for you, it's for you. If God said it's for you, you better do your best to do what's for you. God, I ain't got to know how it works, but will you please show me? Come on, somebody. Will you please lead and guide me until I can get it down? Come on now. Then we had, we had a word that it said resist. We had a submit and a resist. But it seemed like we got them backwards. We, re we, we resisting God and we submitting to the devil. We got this thing in opposite direction. Maybe we don't forget which way is north and south. Come on, somebody. 
You got your compass focus wrong. Amen. You submit to God and you resist the devil. Resist means withstand to exert force in opposition. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Are we really fighting what the enemy trying to get to do in our life? Are we really putting up a fight? Are we really struggling to resist him? Huh? No. You know why? Because we do it and then say, the devil made me do it. Come on now. No, you shouldn't be saying, I didn't resist him. Amen. So, it's to exert oneself so as to counteract or defeat the temptation of the adversary. To counteract. If the devil wants you to do one thing, you need to counteract that so that you don't do what he wants you to do, but find out what the will of God is. Because whatever he wants you to do, if you look hard enough, it's just the object of what God wants you to do. Amen. But we don't stop to take the time out to find out the opposition that what he's trying to get us to do, what is it that God wants us to do? Come on now. It defines as to fend off. Fend off, guess what? When you got in a battle and you had to defend somebody off of you had to go in battle mode. Huh? Then you done there. If somebody's trying to overtake you, you had to get yourself and go into battle mode. So that you can defend them off. Come on now. Dog get to run after you, you got to go into battle mode. First thing you looking for the stick. Huh? Why? Because you don't want to get bit. Huh? The devil is trying to bite you. Huh? And you better get you a stick. And you know what that stick is? It's the word of God. Huh? You got to get the rod of God to fight the devil off of you. Because guess what? He's trying to bite you. You got to fend them off. You got to oppose or work against. You know, that's strange because it seems like we do more work for him than we do against him. So therefore, we're not really resisting like we think we are. Hello, somebody. But we are really giving him more accolades than he really deserves. It's, it's, it's funny that we'll say how much we hate him, but we do so much of his work. Come on now. We always say how much, how, how, how bad it is that we don't want to go to hell, but we always do the work of hell. So it tells me that we got some direction mixed up somewhere. Huh? 
We done forgot which is north and south and east and west. We, we, we got our directions in the wrong place. Come on, somebody. You need to check your spiritual compass out because it need recalibrating. Because your work is going in the wrong direction. So, therefore, your work is in vain. If your work is in vain, you surely can't get a reward for it. Come on, somebody. God said, God resists the proud and give it grace to the humble. God resists your pride. God resists you being proud. Because regardless of whether you want to face it or not, at the end of the day, you still just a stick of mud. You a stick of mud, and you're going back to the mud. Come on, somebody. Your most concern is, is not where your flesh is going. You need to be more concerned about where your spirit is going to go. Where your soul is going to go. While you're still pampering on your flesh, you're losing ground. Huh? You're losing where God really wants you to be at. If God let you evaluate your walk with him and show you the mileage between you and him, it'll be almost like California from Georgia. And you started hollering about you running for your life. Sound like you're crawling for it. Come on, something. Or maybe you're sightseeing too much along the way. You know, you can sightsee too long and get lost, get on the wrong highway. Huh? Come on, somebody. If you haven't traveled a certain highway, am I right down there? If you ain't traveled a certain highway for a length of time and got to know that area, you can sightsee, and next thing you know, you done took the wrong highway. I can't help but remember when me and my wife took the kids down in New Orleans, we sightseeing, and took that darn Gulf Bridge. Lord have mercy. Huh? If we hadn't been paying attention, Sister T, we'd have took Highway 10 and stayed on the land. <laughs> but we took we took that scenery way and went across that Gulf Bridge. And I guarantee you, from the time we got on the bridge till we got off of it, we were constantly praying. Lord, Lord, I don't see no land. Lord, help us to get across this bridge. And that water was started slapping the side of the bridge. And it seemed like the bridge was about that far down from the water. And all you could see was bridge and water. Bridge and water. No land, no trees, no nothing in sight. But watch your sightseeing. Come on, somebody. Better keep your eyes on Jesus. Sightseeing in the spiritual realm will get you lost. You will find yourself in the wilderness. Looking around. Thank 
daddy back. Looking around. Come on now. The Bible said, if you keep your eyes on who? On Jesus. He'll do what? You got to get your eyes and your mind in the same place then. If you keep your mind stayed on him, and if you got your mind on Jesus, you're watching where you're going. Come on now. Your eyes ain't in one place and your mind in another. Amen. So you got to remember that when you are in your proud way or in your pride, God resists you. Huh? God throws up his hand about you. And then guess what? And if it says that our pride is a stench in his nose, guess what God do? He don't want to smell it. He turn around. Who wants who wants to smell some stink? Huh? Come on now. Even you don't. You don't run to the bathroom to get a smash a, a fresh slip of stink, do you? You close that door behind you. Man, God feels the same way. He don't want to smell you either. Then it says, another word that was in that passage of scripture, it said, draw nigh. Draw nigh. Draw. Come on, somebody. You got you to gotta do some pull. Huh? You gotta you gotta get forceful with this. Because you know why you gotta get forceful with it? Because the devil don't want you to draw. He don't want you to draw closer to God. So guess what? You have to put some force to your drawing to go. Y'all do more drawing uh, out trying to catch a, a brim of a uh, catfish than you do trying to draw closer to God. You let you go out there and fish like Rosella and let one let let one of them brim get on her line. Or she'll fight that rascal to death till she can get him in the lane. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Why, why ain't we fighting trying to pull closer to God like that? Fight till we can get in the presence of the Lord. Huh? Because guess what? The devil on your line. And you gotta fight to get in the presence of God. But we don't want to fight to get in the presence of God. We think it's supposed to be something just automatically happen. Come on, somebody. You better go back and read Ephesians chapter 6 that you got to put on the whole armor of God that you can withstand the wise of the devil. Come on, somebody. Because guess what? You are not wrestling with flesh and blood but against spirits in high places. Come on now. You're dealing with principalities. Amen. You, you still think it's fleshly. And this is the problem with the church world today. That we're still staying in the realm of the flesh. Where we ought to be by now in a spiritual realm. So we can know what's happening around here. You may not know it or not. But you know what? We, we walking blind men. We don't know what's going on. We don't have a clue. We don't know have a clue what's going on in the spiritual realm. You know why? Because we don't stay in contact with God. 
We don't seek the will of God so God can let us know what's going on. He did not call us to be ignorant or dumb or blind. Come on now. He called us to have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We got to understand what's going on. Amen. We're walking around here like the church got to, supposed to be the last one to know everything. We're supposed to be the first. We're supposed to be the first to know what God is doing. And we act like we're the last one to know. What? That didn't happen. What? Come on now. Draw now. It's communion with God. It's communion with God in prayer and the desires and cherished fellowshipping with him. That's how you draw now to God. If you're not cherishing fellowship with God, if you're not uh, uh, communing, communing with God in prayer, how are you going to draw now? I guess some of you got this, the mentality that, well, we'll go to church tonight. That'll get me a little closer to God. Baby, that just got you in the sticks. You just got in the sticks, the lights, and the car. Didn't get you no closer to God than you was before you got here. If your heart ain't trying to get closer to God, neither are you. And if your heart don't get closer to God, neither will you. Amen. It's approaching and coming close to. Amen. It's at a short distance or even a far away place. You still got to draw close if you're going to get close to God. It ain't about how far you are. It's how much you draw now. Because it don't make no difference how far you are. Because God said, if you draw nigh to me, I'm going to draw nigh to you. So God's going to shorten the distance. Come on, somebody. The distance is going to be shortened by your drawing toward God and God drawing toward you. It ain't going to be as far off as you think unless you stop drawing. Because when you stop drawing, God stops. And you're going to be wondering, when did God going to get here? When you start back to moving? Come on now. Too often, we want to lay our fellowship or our church duties aside for our flesh. You need to check with God first. Huh? Didn't it say acknowledge him in all your ways? And he would direct your path. Are we acknowledging God? Not in some, but are you acknowledging God in all your ways? Lord, what must I do? If you can ask God what you must do to be saved, you ought to be able to ask God about your everyday life. 
Because it's your everyday life that's going to cause you whether or not you're going to be saved or not. Come on now. But we find ourselves only want to communicate with God when we have a need or a desire. But what about the fellowship? What about the presence? Ain't nothing like being in the presence of God. It ain't nothing like God communicating with you. That you were found worthy, come on somebody, in his grace for him to stop by and talk to you. Put your treasure. Uh huh. So if you putting your treasures in heaven, you you need to be trying to find out where he locked them up, ain't Come on, somebody. Is it treasures? It's got to be important. It's got to be worth something. Guess what? You always find out where the banker got your money, at, don't you? Let them skip sending you a monthly, a monthly statement. Huh? You'll be at that, you'll be at that checker when I didn't get my statement this month. I need to know what, what, what I got in my account. Come on, somebody. If you storing up your treasures in heaven, you need to be checking with God to find out what you got in your account. Huh? Where am I at with you today, God? Just hope he don't say insufficient. <laughs> huh? Don't let him say your check bounce with him. That you didn't have no funds up there. Because you were looking for him in all the wrong places. You were catering to your flesh instead of catering to him. God, look how far we would be from. Just think about it. Put your thinking cap on just for a second. Just think about how far we would be up if we catered to God. Amen. It would be so much power in this room. It would be so much anointing in this room. Come on now. When, when, when there's so much anointing in the room, God could come in and we not even have church as usual. We may be in here doing nothing but praising God for the next hour or two. God doing a thing. God correcting some things. God correcting some physical things. God correcting some spiritual things. God doing some mind-blowing stuff. Come on now. But, truth of the matter is, we get here at 7.30 waiting on 9. Huh? 
So God know you clock watching. And he don't move by your terms. Come on, somebody. So that's why I don't try to hold you a little bit past nine. Because you've been got wrinkles in your forehead. Go to 2 Chronicle chapter 15.
Come on, somebody. So therefore, that tells me that if we have not found him, there's something that is missing out of our seeking. Because he's true to his word. Am I right, Sister Turner? The Lord is with you. I'm in Second Chronicle 15, Takara. Right. The Lord is with you while you are with him. Amen. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. Why owe you? You can take that part personal. You can take that part as individual. If you seek him, he will be found. And guess what? We all need to be on a search for him. Huh? We need to be on a search for him. Why? Because there's still some stuff in your crawl that you need to get out. Huh? There's still some stuff in our character that God really don't like. And unless and we don't seek him, we will never know all that God knows about you. Hello, somebody. Man. It's something about us that still not. Now, now that you understand that what it means by he that endured to the end is the same that shall be saved. So guess what? Until you make it to the end, you still got some stuff to get out of you. You still got some submitting to do. You still got some resisting to do. Come on now. Don't make no difference how long you been saved. You still got to resist the devil. Come on now. If you think you don't, keep on having birthdays. You'll find out. So, if you seek him, he will be found in you. But, somebody said but. but. If you forsake him, guess what? He will forsake you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. My, 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 my. That was a strong statement coming from the word of God. He will be found in you, but if you become indifferent and forsake him, he will forsake you. So guess what? Don't think God is with you every time you run out on him and you think that you still got the presence of God on your side. Amen. I told a young man, call no names. I told a young man, I said, you, you, you left God. No, I didn't. I said, oh, yes, you did. No, I didn't. I got a pure heart. I said, where is it at? 
make you think you got a pure heart? I don't sell no drugs. Is that the only reason you think that you got a pure heart? Because you don't sell no drugs. Hell waiting on you. There's so much stuff about you and I that is so wrong that we just can't base it off of one thing. Sometimes your mind is warped. You walk around with a warped mind thinking that you're right when you are all wrong. And guess what? We skipping our way to hell. Now you ought to be able to understand why he tell you he that keeping his mind stayed on Jesus. See, in order for us to keep our mind stayed on Jesus, that's not staying on the J-E-S-U-S. That is staying in the Holy Ghost. Because the J-E-S-U-S that left him. And he got to come back. But he sent somebody in his place, which was the Holy Ghost. So if the Holy Ghost can't keep your thoughts in glory, guess what? You will keep them somewhere else. Hmm. 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 Amen. Well, the third verse says, now for a long, a long what? A period of time. For a period of time, Israel had been without the true God. If Israel can be without God, so can you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And he brought them out of bondage. Uh-oh. He brought them through the Red Sea. He killed Egypt for them. Whoops. But guess what? They got beside themselves. And it said for a long season. Not a short period of time. But for a long season. They were without the true God. It's bad to be walking around here thinking that you in God and you ain't. It's bad to be walking around here thinking God on your side and he ain't. It's bad to be walking around here and you done stepped out of grace and don't even realize it. Because you got blinders on all day, you can see what's in front of you. Just like a horse. Oh, we got some horse syndrome? Come on. Come on, somebody. We got blinders on? You know, when a horse got blinders on, he don't try to look from left to right. He just looks straight ahead. Come on now. So we done been without the true God. And what did he say? And without a teaching priest. And with. Wow. And y'all want to try to teach your own self. Y'all want to try to sit at home and preach to your own self. Huh? If you stay at home and preach to your own self, you're going to damn everybody and you're going to be the only one saved. Come on, somebody. But 
because you're going to be the only one that's right. Ooh, the Lord is talking to me. Better find out which Lord. Is it the capital L-O-D or is it the small L-O-D? L-O-R-D. Come on now. There's many Lords. Come on, somebody. There's many gods, but there's only one true God. One God, one Lord, and one baptism. So you better mind right, you better find out who you submitting to. Come on, somebody. Hmm. Because your enemy rides upon the flesh. Huh? He rides upon your desire. And if he find that you caters to your flesh, guess what? He going to let your desires be just like a worm on a hook. He going to reel you in. So they were without a teaching priest. So they were without somebody that taught the word of God. So guess what they did? They tried to make their wrongs right by themselves. Hmm. I think I can put a little leaven in this bread. It shouldn't hurt. Huh? But the scripture says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Come on, somebody. The fourth verse says, but when they in their troubles did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found. Oh, Sister T, why is it that we always have to wait till we get in trouble to find God? God has to always allow trouble. To get in your life. For you to start seeking him for help. That's bad indictment. That's bad that God can't hear from you. Unless you get in trouble. That's bad. That's bad people. That you don't think enough about God. To get in touch with him. Before you get in trouble. That he is not a friend that you want to communicate with on a daily basis. That he only hear from you when trouble arrives. That's a bad indictment. Come on, somebody. So when trouble arrives, what happens if he don't show up? Woo! He wait a minute. Can I say he ain't heard from you in a coon language, and now trouble arrives, and you want him to show up right now, God? I need you right now. Oh, you do. <laughs> what was you at last month? What was you at month before that? When the last time you called my address? 
they got it. What's that song they do? All you got to do is pick up the phone and call him. Call him. Tell him what you want. God said, when the last time you called my number? Then he go back to flipping in the book. Oh, the last time you was in trouble. That's the last time I heard from you. Wow. So, Israel got in trouble. Isn't that what it said? And they got in trouble. They was in desperation. Ah, uh, boy, we know how to look for them when we get in desperation. Come on, somebody. Mmm, let some sickness hit you. Hard enough that, that you got to go see the doctor. Desperation set in. Because now you don't know what it is. And guess what? And nine times out of ten, the first thing drop on your mind is, I wonder if I got cancer. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Desperation been done set in. something like don't worry about it or he might say I got this he don't have to go through a whole bunch of paragraphs and he don't have to go and wave a whole bunch of flags he try to make you listen to him by faith to do a thing. And I know that to be true. 
Come on now. So, fifth verse says, in those times, there was, you walk around here with no peace. Huh? You walk around here with no joy. You walk around with a sad countenance. Woe, woe is me. God said, because you had no peace. And in those days, there was no peace to him that went out, nor him. Wait a minute. You went out looking for some peace. You went out and found the old game and thought they could help you up. same problem. 